We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash lawless. Just go to Indeed.com slash lawless right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed com slash lawless. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, Sunshine. I'm Alexi Wallace, and welcome to the State of the Union podcast, where we look at the beautiful game on and off the field through the lens of red, white, and blue-colored glasses. And you know what? We thought, let's, let's give you some bonus content. Let's give you a bonus show. And so... We are recording this 29 days out from the Women's World Cup, the start of the Women's World Cup. Uh, The Women's World Cup uh, roster, the U.S. roster, just dropped. And we said, let's get somebody on the show who knows what they're talking about even more so than we do. And there's not many of them out there, but there is Jen Cooper, the great Jen Cooper. And Mossy, um, this was a fascinating conversation. She's a wealth of knowledge. And with the uh, roster drop and with this World Cup, basically around the corner, I thought it was appropriate to bring someone on like that to talk about it. I agree. Roster drops are always fun, especially for a World Cup, especially when it's the two-time defending champions. So we had certainly lots to talk about with this one. Uh, we will have a regular, I guess we could call it, State of the Union pod in your feed coming 24 hours from now. And uh, so look for that. But until then, sit back and enjoy the uh, dulcet sounds of Miss Jen Cooper talking about the U.S. Women's National Team roster. We got things to get to because, as I said, we are 29 days away from the World Cup. Uh, Vlad Kondonovsky, the head coach of uh, the U.S. Women's National Team, announced today the players that will be representing what I feel is the greatest country in the world. And I want to remind everybody why this is important, why this is exciting, why you should tune in. The U.S. Women's National Team, we know they're a bunch of badasses. We know that they are incredibly good and have been for years and years and years. But there is history in the offing, ladies and gentlemen. This U.S. Women's National Team is going for something that is historic and unprecedented. Three World Cups in a row. Something that has never been done, men's or women's. And so I think it's very, very exciting what is going to happen. But uh, without further ado, let's bring in our guest because we can talk all day. But we said, if we're going to do this, we got to do this right. And we have to get somebody on the level of the uh, incredible knowledge and history of David Mossy. And we have that and more, ladies and gentlemen. We've talked to this woman uh, over the years. 
She is incredible. You know her. You love her, Jen. I'm going to read off some of the things because there's so much stuff that she has done, a.k.a. the keeper, by the way, out there on a lot of the social media platforms out there, official historian for the NWSL. Uh, we have worked with her in the 2019 Women's World Cup, 2018, and 22 Men's World Cups. She's uh, been an analyst for the Houston Dash. Uh, she annual uh, NWSL draft broadcast. You might have uh, might have seen her. And on Twitter and Instagram, if you want to follow her, it is at Keeper Notes. And do check out KeeperNotes.com. She knows everything, not just about women's soccer, <laughs> but about soccer in general. The great Jen Cooper. Thank you so much, uh, Jen, for joining us today. Thank you, Alexi. Thank you, David. Um, I didn't get the memo about wearing pants. Okay, so perfect. Are perfect. we cool with that? I, hey, I am totally cool with that. I mean, I <laughs> I said that we should all do this naked, but Fox, you know, disagreed. All right, listen, uh, let, let's get into this. Uh, and I'm, we're going to ask you some, some bigger questions and bigger picture questions. But the news of the day is this roster that has dropped. And uh, in general, I think that there were some, I don't know about surprises, but some interesting head scratching type of uh, decisions out there. And not even necessarily in a bad uh, a bad way. But this is always going to generate debate. This is always going to generate opinion. And we brought you on here to give us the inside scoop as to what is happening here. So without further ado, let's start it off. Uh, and we're going to go through it basically position by position. So we're going to start off. I mean, you know, you, you, you can't. Goalkeepers, Mossy, right? Can't live with them. <laughs> you can't throw them off a bridge. But they are a necessary evil. And we have seen in previous World Cups, whether it's Hope Solo or a listener, they have come up in big moments and ultimately led to those uh, World Cups that we have talked about. All right. Three in and, you know, one that we will talk about maybe being out. A listener, Casey Murphy and uh, Aubrey Kingsbury uh, in Adriana Franche, who has been involved in this program for a while out. Initial thoughts on the goalkeeping situation and should we care? Because a lot of times, most of these goalkeepers we won't see other than the number one. Is Alyssa in there number one? And were you surprised by these three? That first question, I, I have to say, I'm not completely sure that she's the number one. Um, we've seen Vlako Nanovsky give her and Murphy a lot of caps both. Uh, so for the first time, we're going into a Women's World Cup where it's not obvious who the starter is. Um, Murphy or Nair could both be the starter. The second part of that, French, I mean, it's not a surprise she's not on it. Uh, she has not had uh, a strong start to the season, and then she lost her starting spot. So this is where the value of the NWSL comes in, that, hey, we actually have several American keepers that are playing at the top level, week in, week out, some of whom have been capped, some of whom haven't. Um, so it wasn't a huge surprise that Aubrey Kingsbury got that third nod. U.S. with uh, U.S., Vietnam, uh, the Netherlands, and Portugal. If you had to put your money on who's starting in goal in that first game against Vietnam, who you got? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Nair because you have uh, a lot of defenders who are in their first World Cup, right? Especially you don't have Becky Sauerbrunn on the back line. I would want the most senior experienced person in there to start the cup. Well, the fact that it's even a question is fascinating because as Jen just said, this is a US team that's very inexperienced in certain spots. So the idea that Vladko would bypass a goalkeeper who started for the 2019 World Cup winning and came up huge in that semifinal against England, that would be a big call if he, if he went that way. All right. Uh, well, Jen, you mentioned it. Uh, there is no Becky Sobrin. And this is, you know, she has, she has been nursing an injury for a while and finally obviously came to the conclusion that this was not going to go. And it is a huge loss given her ability on the field, her leadership, all of that. 
But there is depth uh, and there is opportunity. All right, so when we go through the defenders, uh, Kelly O'Hara, Crystal Dunn, uh, Emily Sonnet, Sofia Huerta, uh, Emily Fox, Alana Cook, and Naomi Gurma, uh, immediately comes to mind. I mean, I don't know that there are a tremendous amount of surprises here, and we should probably almost put a asterisk in that um, you know, the, uh, the great Julie Ertz, who we'll talk about in a second, could potentially be somebody in that back line, but no Tierna Davidson um, and no uh, Casey Kruger. Thoughts on the, uh, on the defense? I was thinking that, that they might go with eight defenders, but when, when you factor in that Ertz could, could drop back and play deep, I see why Blocko went with seven. Not really surprised that Kruger and Davidson aren't, the, aren't on the list. You know, Kruger coming back from having a, a baby, and she had not been a regular player much before then. Um, Davidson coming back from ACL injury. You know, she was the youngest on the 2019 roster, uh, you know, revelation when she first started playing for the national team. But, you know, just hasn't had a strong showing. Um, Gurma, I mean, what can we not say about Gurma? Rookie of the year, defender of the year just seems so calm, composed, um, playing beyond her years. And what I like, what one of the things that gives me hope, you know, because people are like, oh, it's such a young roster. When I think about the fact that that Cook and Gurma played center back together at Stanford, you know, so, and they've had time together with the national team t- playing together. It's not as an inexperienced duo as it might seem on paper initially. The shame about the Sauerbrunn injury, Becky Sauerbrunn, is that I feel like a lot of this cycle for Vladko has been trying to find the right blend between youth and experience. And you had the perfect situation in the center back with Sauerbrunn starting alongside Gurma. And now you lose that. So Gurma, who we all think is great, but now as a 23-year-old, she's essentially anchoring that back line. So it's a different sort of role than it would have been if she was playing alongside somebody like Becky Sauerbrunn. Jen, uh, same question to you in, in a sense. Uh, if you had to pick that lineup, let's say everybody is uh, healthy and, and hopefully all these women stay healthy going forward. Who's that back four for you? That back four for me is definitely Dunn and Fox on the outside and and Cook and Gurma to start. Um, I, I think the absence of Sauerbrunn kind of opened up a spot for, for Sonnet because she can play both outside back and center back. So I think she cycles in as the third or, you know, you can always bring in Ertz, but uh, I wouldn't want to lo- lose Ertz in midfield. All right. Well, speaking of the midfield, let's go to the midfield. Uh, Lindsay Oran, uh, Julie Ertz, who we just mentioned, who can slash play in the back, and we have seen her play and win a World Cup uh, in the back. Rose Lavelle, Chrissy Mewis, uh, Andy Sullivan. Uh, let's see, Ashley Sanchez, and the interesting one, and we'll talk a little bit more about this, uh, Savannah DeMello. Uh, what, 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 what sticks out because no Taylor Korniak, uh, no Sam Coffey, what sticks out to you about the uh, midfield package here? Well, do you want me to go into DeMello now? Because that's 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 the thing that sticks out the most. Yeah, listen, let's let's not bury the lead here. Uh, let us know about <laughs> this because this is this is historic or potentially historic uh, going forward. No, no matter what, it's going to be historic. But it is kind of a unique aspect to have a player that has never actually played for the national team be named to a World Cup squad, and she might play in the uh, in the warm up game, and therefore she would still be capped, but still. Very, very little on-field experience, and that says a lot about her, and I know a bigger picture as to what's happening in this World Cup that we've talked about. Right. We haven't had this situation for the U.S. women since 2003. That was the last time you had somebody named to a roster without having any caps to their name. Um, And, hey, that was Shannon Box who went on to to get into the Hall of Fame, right? So um, DeMello, she's been, you know, part of the U.S. program for – 
you know, probably a decade now coming up through the U system. So she's not a complete unknown. Um, and she has taken full advantage of every opportunity with the league last season as a rookie this season, you know, obviously the camps that she has had with, with Vlaco, just not getting that final cap she's known and she has been electrifying for racing Louisville this spring. Um, so she basically played her way on that roster and, to me, this is the most significant thing about this year's World Cup is with the timing of it not starting till late July, where the last, what, three have started June or early June. Um, it means that the NWSL schedule, the NWSL season, actually has an impact on the roster. Last two cycles, 2015, 2019, the roster was basically set right as the, the season was starting, right? So here... Everybody knew that their form matters. Ertz, it was made very clear to her by Vlaka Nanoski. You want to come back? Great. We want you, but you need to be on an NWSL team. So you don't think, DeMello, if that if the schedule had been as it was in the past, you think uh, players like DeMello or I know we had talked about Kingsbury, you don't think that they're on this team without that change and, you know, just the, the soccer gods saying, all right, it's going to happen later on in the year? Right. If, if, if it's named right as the season's starting, well, then you you go with the reliability of Franch instead of Kingsbury. And, you know, there's another midfielder taking that spot. Of course, injuries have factored in a lot to, with, with all of this. Um, but even with all of our injuries, I think it's amazing how deep our, our, our talent pool continues to be. And it's just getting deeper. So even with, I mean, you can make a whole U.S. roster of injured players probably, right? And we still have such an amazingly deep pool. On DeMello, uh, Jen made such an interesting point that I want to build off of. 22 of these 23 players play in the NWSL. The only exception is Lindsey Horan. And in the past, we always had this impression that national team form is what really dictated whether you got called up or not. And the NWSL was what you did to kill time in between national team call-ups. But Vladko has really sought to change that equation. He stressed that your NWSL form matters. It's, it's ultimately what's going to dictate whether you get on this team or not. And there's no bigger demonstration of that than taking a player who's never been capped before, but he's apparently been so impressed by what she's done in the NWSL that here she is. So uh, I find it interesting that Vladko is taking this program in that direction, really giving more significance to the NWSL in that equation. Well, I mean, we'll be talking a lot about, you know, the connections, and we do anyway uh, when we have World Cups, because it's important. Some, you know, some people will be tuning in for the first time. We want to make sure that there is that connection. And a lot of times when you say, hey, this woman that is starring right now in the World Cup is playing in your backyard or is playing in your, uh, in your NWSL league that you can see on a consistent basis, whether it's players on the U.S. team or any of the players out there. And there's a lot of players, ultimately, that we're going to summer that are playing right in your backyard, playing in the NWSL. All right, let's move on to uh, the, uh, the forwards here uh, and the attacking unit that they have. Alex Morgan, Megan Rapino, Lynn Williams, Sophia Smith, Trinity Rodman, and Alyssa Thompson, the 18-year-old. That means that, you know, someone like uh, Ashley Hatch uh, is not going, but there is plenty of firepower here uh, that has proven that they are scoring goals, whether it's Alex Morgan, who has done it now for years and years and years, or the emerging talent, uh, Sophia Smith and uh, Trinity Robin, and obviously <laughs> Alyssa Thompson showing up at uh, 18 years old. That is, uh, that is some that is pretty cool. So thoughts, Jen, on the uh, on the attacking force? Well, I know a lot of people were, you know, just distraught after Mallory Swanson was injured in April. And, it, and it's awful that she doesn't get to go to this World Cup. But again, coming back to the depth, Lynn Williams, Sophia Smith, they've been tearing it up in this league. And not just this year, for years. 
you know, and they're getting to go to their first World Cup. It's kind of bizarre to think that this is Lynn Williams' first World Cup um, as the all-time American goal-scoring leader in the league. Um, you know, Morgan and Rapino, you have your veteran leadership, your experience. Trinity Rodman, I love, she's, what, just 21, just turned 21 last month. You know, so she's the second youngest on the roster. It's such a great mix of forwards that can combine in a lot of different ways. And, you know, I feel for Ashley Hatch, too, who has been leading her club in scoring. But as we well know, this is the deepest position that the U.S. has ever had and just will continue to have. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, so, Jen, if we're projecting a starting front three, we all think Sophia Smith and Alex Morgan, but that third, there's a lot of different ways Vladko could go there. Uh, if you had to, the same way that Alexi framed it with a goalkeeper, that opening game, Vietnam, if you had to guess, who is that third starting forward? I think that third starting forward is Lynn Williams. Um, she's, she's earned that with her form. Um, she provides something different from Sophia Smith and Alex Morgan, and we've seen Vladko... Um, rely on her in the past and and think back to the Olympics. She was an alternate originally, right? And then FIFA decided, okay, all 22 players, you can use all 22. Who was it that had a goal and an assist in the quarterfinal versus Netherlands? Lynn Williams. Well, I should probably circle back to the midfield because I didn't ask you uh, for that now question that we seem to ask every single time. You got in the midfield then in that midfield trio there. Uh, I'm assuming Ertz and I shouldn't assume, but I'll let you, uh, uh, Lavelle, uh, who else? Yeah, Lavelle, if she's healthy. Yeah, Ertz, that's a big and, if, right? And, we all know. Yeah, yeah, and and Haran. If you don't have Lavelle, then for me, it's probably Sanchez. I'm not sure, you know, if Laco's ready to d- give DeMello a start yet. We'll, we'll have to see. But I'm I'm thinking if if everyone's healthy, it's it's Ertz, Haran, and Lavelle. And that's a deadly midfield, and I really like that one. And, Christy Mewis, you, you can bring in for, you know, Great corner kicks, what she can do with her left foot, free kicks. I think Ashley Sanchez will definitely get a start at some point because we will see some roster rotation, right, like we saw in France. Um, and then Andy Sullivan, I think, is your natural replacement for if you if you rest Ertz. Yeah, I mean, so you mentioned some roster rotation, and that means we will see, you know, hopefully a lot of these players, including DeMello. Um, and hopefully at some point, you know, the, the difference of – bringing on a Megan Rapino in a certain game, as opposed to bringing on Alyssa Thompson, could not be more stark. They both can do damage. We all know that Rapino, probably, I would say, with the ball at her feet, is, uh, is probably the best uh, player that we have. The problem gets in if it becomes a track race or if uh, there is a lot of space out there that she's needed to cover from a, dense, a defensive perspective. And Alyssa Thompson, uh, uh, on the other hand, with that type of speed, those are two really interesting and very different types of pieces, but it goes back to your point about, uh, about depth. Um, let's, let's, let's broaden it out to this actual team. Um, we talked about the NWSL influence and how important that is, is going to be. But can you, can you, uh, you know, talk a little bit about, uh, talk a little bit about question, right? Talk a little bit about 
what the women's game has become now, because we talk constantly about the head start that the United States women's national team had, uh, and we have used it to our advantage over the years. And now with resources and time and effort and ultimately money that's been put into it, there are a lot of uh, teams that are gunning for us, and in particular gunning for us this summer. And notwithstanding the depth that you talked about, which is absolutely uh, correct, there are teams that I think are licking their chops, not the least of which is England, European champs, and they have their problems too, and there's injuries, and that's going to be a story during the World Cup right now. But I guess handicap this team right now, given what you have seen with this roster and where they are, and more importantly, relative to where the rest of the world is. Well, I think the important thing for fans to understand is how the calendar has changed and how the growth of the women's game on the club side is affecting the Women's World Cup, right? So you, you go back in the early years, there was no club calendar to worry about in most countries, right? So you'd call in your national team players, you could have extended camps. And this is where the U.S. really built up an advantage, separate from having Title IX and having the college system as a way to develop players, where it really wasn't until the last cycle that you know, you didn't have a World Cup prep where, okay, we get to have the players for, you know, 50 days in the year leading up to the World Cup. That's unheard of in the men's game and unheard of in a, a lot of the women's game. But now that we have a much more traditional club calendar, you know, we're trying to see more, um, more club competitions between leagues started up. Right. Um, you, you've seen you've seen leagues go full time so that they're, you know, that the players actually have a year round job that that does affect national teams. And I think it makes it a more plain level playing field where U.S. no longer has that advantage of, well, we have our players together all the time. So they're all used to playing with each other. And that's one of the reasons I feel that when we watch the U-17 World Cup and the U-20 World Cup, you don't see the same dominance from the Americans because those players just don't have a lot of opportunity to train with each other. So uh, lo long story short, I think this will be the most competitive Women's World Cup we've ever seen once we get to the knockout round. Since it's a 32-team tournament, eight teams bigger than it's ever been before, we do have some teams in there, like the U.S. facing Vietnam. You know, we have some matchups that are going to be very, very unbalanced, right? But once the round of 16 starts knowing that you have to finish second to get to that point. That means every, every team was, you know, winning in the, in their, in their group sets. It's going to be the most competitive round of 16 we have ever seen. And I feel like this world cup is going to be, you know, the Thunderdome of world cups, 32 teams enter, maybe one leaves with half of their players still intact, right? It's just, it seems like every team has some kind of dramatic story, whether it's injuries or coaching, or federation upheaval, or or whatever, right? But to me, there's no clear winner. There's like ten teams that could that could pull it off if everything goes their way. Uh, Jen, I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, coaching okay. has been a big topic lately for the U.S. men. Uh, as far as the women, how would you rate the job Vladko Andonovsky has done over the course of this cycle? Are you confident that he is the sort of coach that can guide the U.S. to a World Cup crown? I am totally confident that he is the kind of coach that can lead the U.S. to a crown. And it's mainly because of this. Uh, one of the players who played for him at FC Kansas City, you know, keep in mind, this is the first time we have a national team coach that came out of NWSL. Um, this player said to me, you know, he created the most professional 
space in the most unprofessional place. This was very, very early in WSL. Um, never tried to be part of the locker room culture so that every player was comfortable talking to him. Spoke honestly with every player who played, whether she played a minute or played the whole game. And she said he never blew smoke. So uh, they trusted him. And I think that's why the, the, the team that had, you know, an almost non-existent front office and that everybody's just like, ah, Kansas City, whatever. Uh, they won two titles in the first three years and came, you know, pretty close to, to doing more. Um, so to me, he was the natural choice for this. And I think he's the right leader for this era of, hey, we don't get to have players in camp for 50 days and then build a team from there. And we do need to be looking at a larger pool of players. We can't just say, okay, here are the 25 under contract, you know, pick the ones you want. Um, all that being said, I think Blocko has been through the most difficult cycle that we've ever seen for a U.S. women's coach. Uh, I would say this team lost more than a year of development due to COVID. Um, if we had had the Olympics in summer 2020, I bet we would have seen some retirements following then that would have then given him an extra year of young players, you know, like Smith, like DeMello, et, et cetera, and even more players, especially keepers, where we're still, you know, we have four capped keepers who are active, period, right? It, it, it'd be great to see more than that, but there just hasn't been the opportunity. Janet Jackson, what have you done for me lately? Uh, we want winners. We want uh, World Cups, and that's what we will expect from this team. Jen, uh, before before we go, always, yeah, right. I mean, before we go, and, and just building off, uh, you know, something you said, there is the actual kicking the ball, and there's the scores and, and and all that, and we expect our women's national team to win and win consistently. But this expansion of this World Cup, and while there will be lopsided types of results and people will yell and scream. You remember even in the previous World Cup when everyone was screaming and yelling about the U.S. Uh, scoring so many goals. This is a competition. This is not a charity. This is the World Cup. This is the best of the best. And you score as many possible goals as possible. And even in that first game uh, against Vietnam, if you can score a bunch of goals, you score a bunch of goals. Because who knows uh, if it might end up being goal differential ultimately between the U.S. and the Netherlands to go out first or second. And going out first is is an advantage. But that bigger picture type of story that we're going to certainly tell each and every day and hopefully over the long term is these, these women, these teams, these countries and cultures that, let's be honest, have not put the time and effort and resources into the women's game that are getting that opportunity from the moment that they walk out. And I, I, it doesn't matter whether it's men's or women's. I love that moment when they walk out and you know they, they're, they're wearing their country's colors. They put their hand over their heart. They're singing that anthem. You see people crying and what it means to them in the moment but also what it means going forward. And you know, we were we were with Carly Lloyd today doing some internal stuff here at Fox. And you know, she grew up watching people that she emulated and wanting to be on that stage. And you have to have those types of moments. And they're gonna be there. We have eight debutantes uh, when it comes to this, uh, this World Cup. So those opportunities to fundamentally change what soccer is and what women's soccer is viewed in some of these countries and cultures, they exist. And that's more powerful than any uh, type uh, type of result. And yes, we will talk about the competition. But before we before we let you go, uh, let the folks know what more bigger pictures and other things that maybe we should be looking at uh, come 29 days from now when this thing kicks off. It's those debutantes you mentioned. Um, I love I love that we're going to see Haiti in this tournament. Six CONCACAF teams in this tournament, Alexia, none Take of it. them are Mexico. Right. Right. Like Haiti, Panama. 
Panama and Jamaica are going to play each other because of how the draw fell. We've never had that, you know, um, Philippines using a lot of um, American, you know, Filipino American college students, you know, and Philippines hired Australia's old coach. They're, they're taking this seriously. Um, none of these debutantes are just limping their way in. Um, they, they all, this means the world to them, as you talked about. And speaking of debutantes, you know, one of the others in our group besides Vietnam, Portugal, right? And Savannah DeMello could have played for Portugal. Her dad is Portuguese. She even played, she even trained with the, the Portuguese youth national team. Um, Portugal has so many young stars on it that maybe we haven't heard of here, right? But once you see them play, you'll be like, wow, how, how do I watch her play? What, what streaming service do I need to watch her play? Uh, you can score as many goals as you want against Vietnam. Just don't celebrate them, please. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to say about Jen today, uh, I'm glad people are getting to see who actually does the research oh. for Fox at these World Cups because they must hear me talk on this podcast and wonder, is that moron who Fox relies on? Thanks. But no, there are adults out there like Jen Cooper who <laughs> do the actual work. Do you have Thank any you, Mossy. For the great Jen Cooper before we go. Anything else, Mossy, that you'd uh, like to ask her? Yes. Uh, who wins the 2023 Women's World Cup? There we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out there. I'm gonna say it's a USA Australia final, oh, and I'm gonna say it goes to penalty kicks. But oh. that's all I'm gonna say. Oh wow! Yeah, that's it. There's a tease. That's a tease for this uh, for this summer. It's all right. You know, you don't want to you know keep some powder dry. I I, under, I understand that. Listen, uh, Jen, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, and and just to to echo uh, Mossy, um, for for those that that watch us and now have watched us in multiple World Cups. Uh, while I love to think that I would be able to just turn it on and be able to uh, regurgitate stuff, uh, the reality is that I have incredible men and women uh, like Jen, like Mossy, that are making me look good. And that, I can tell you, my friends, is not easy. And she will continue to be with us this summer. You've already seen how much that she, uh, that she knows, and she will continue to make us look good uh, as we go through this incredible World Cup down under. Again, 32 teams, the U.S. going for an unprecedented Three World Cups in a row. The great Jen Cooper. Thanks, Jen. I appreciate it. Thanks, Lexi. Thanks, David. Mossy, anything before we go? It's uh, been an interesting day. We now have the uh, the roster, and you know, 29 days from now, we'll be kicking this thing off. I cannot wait. We have a whole other tournament first on the men's side, but yeah, before long, we will be in Australia, and New Zealand, my friend. Uh, listen, thank you so much uh, for tuning in. Uh, as I said, this is our our brand new studios here at Fox, and all through. Uh, the World Cup, we will be giving you content. Want to thank our friends Volkswagen um, uh, for uh, for being a part of this event and letting us do this live. And whether you're watching it on Twitter or on YouTube or Facebook or anything uh, else out there, thank you so much for, tune, uh, for tuning in. Uh, I hope that you join us again this summer. And a lot of the content that you see, we'll just be cranking it out, whether it's from here, but most of it's going to be coming from on-site down there at our set uh, in uh, in Sydney for the uh, for the World Cup. And we will have you covered on and off the field throughout the World Cup. Obviously, a lot of focus will be on this women's national team, but we're going to introduce you to all the different teams that are there, all of the different players, and obviously give you all of those stories because that's what we do because we are Fox Soccer. All right, size the day.